You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, that's right. We're the Fantasy Joes. Welcome to show 100 of the Fantasy Joes. Gentlemen, welcome to the Century Club. I am at Roto Librarian Ryan Livergood. Joining me as always, first, let's go to the home office, the Pillow Palace itself in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. It's Will Greenwood. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just Minneapolis, bro. We're very snooty here. Uh, and as the 100th episode you know, comes upon us, I feel like I need to be more classy and more elegant, thus only for Minneapolis, please. I'm sorry about that. Take that, St. Paul. We'll see. <laughs> and from North Carolina, it's the one and only Trey Barrett. What's up, Trey? What's going on, gentlemen? Excited. This is a this is a fun fun night, man. I you know we were just talking off the air, Ryan and I. You know when when we started this this uh, the shenanigans, we had had no idea where where it was going to end up, and. You know, I remember the first time we we where we, we used to chat. We had a, a lot of really fun chats that we never even recorded. You know, the 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 lost the lost episodes. Um, so here we are, a hundred shows. You know, two years in, and super super exciting. It is super exciting. The lost pilot we actually recorded on a tool that doesn't exist any longer, and we went too long apparently, and it didn't record. We lost that first show. But anyway, <laughs> we've gotten better. Our equipment's improved since then. And we have made a lot of friends in the Dynasty community. And we've made a lot of other friends online. So, guys, this is a little bit of a surprise. I, I, I met a friend online. It's kind of a, a famous friend. And he wanted to share a message with Fantasy Joes this evening. So I'm going to share that with you guys right now. How are you guys doing? It's Monte Ball here. And I'm here to give a huge shout-out to the Fantasy Joes podcast. I hear that you guys are celebrating your 100th episode. That is pretty awesome. Also, in the same thing, a shout out to Ryan, Trey, and Will as well. Again, awesome job on the 100th episode, so congratulations to you guys. I'm also here to uh, mention um, how you guys are also a great Dynasty football podcast. I have heard some things. It's a grapevine that you guys are awesome at that, so a great Dynasty football podcast. And how much better Ryan is at Dynasty football and podcasting versus Trey and Will. That's most definitely something that needs to be mentioned. Uh, Ryan is... Is better at Dynasty Football and Podcasting than Trey and Will. You guys have some fun. That's right. It's our friend Monte Ball wishing the Fancy Joes happy 100. So uh. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that song at the end there was it a do 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 That is awesome. I don't know what Monte had going on in the background there, but um, you know that 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 was uh, thanks to our friends at Cameo.com to get Monte Ball on the show on the Fancy Joes. So anyway. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. That was a little bit, little, little fun. I might have uh, another fun thing later for you guys this week, but uh, that we'll put in the show. But anyway, guys, what are we going to do for the 100th episode? What are we doing? Do we have a bunch of guests coming in from the Dynasty community? Are we um, going to go back and play the best of? Or are we going to do something kind of fresh and new? I think we should try something fresh. <laughs> I think we should do something uh, out of the out of the ordinary. All right, let's let's do it. We we know what we're going to do. <laughs> so Ryan here by myself. I'm recording this on Sunday night because I need you to know that we recorded this next segment, the bulk of the show on Wednesday night. So we did not know about the Andrew Luck retirement news and spoiler alert. It turns out that train will in this draft they're going to discuss might've 
in hindsight, reached a little bit for Andrew Luck. You know, hindsight's 2020. Had they known he was going to retire, probably wouldn't have taken him where they did. So that said, without further ado, here's the main segment of the show that we're calling Trey and Will's Excellent! Excellent! Draft. Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Excellent. Except for the fact that they drafted Andrew Luck. Now, let's get back to the show. We've talked a lot about on the show the advantages to sharing a dynasty team, to going through a a draft process together or an auction together with, with another owner and co-owning the team. And we realized doing this that Trey and Will didn't have a team together yet. So Trey and Will signed up for an FFPC league and they did a draft together. We're going to talk about it. So I'm going to ask them questions about their draft, ask critical questions, criticize some of their choices. And we're going to go through and break this thing down. So guys, first of all, talk about this FFPC a lot of the listeners don't play in an FFPC league. Can you talk about some of the unique settings, some of the things that are different about this league versus another dynasty league, some strategy you discussed going into the league? What, tell us a little bit about this league that you joined. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, so we joined the Superflex uh, FFPC league. And um, so FFPC essentially is, it's a dynasty league. It's uh, 20 man rosters. Um, and the starting lineup requirements in our particular league with the Superflex is one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one Superflex, one regular flex, and then a kicker and a defense. So uh, obviously the kicker and defense being in there are, you know, that you must draft and in your startup draft, you must actually select a kicker and a defense. So you're really looking Ooh. at, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely not ideal, but it's it's my first this is my first experience with ffpc i've not not ever done an ffpc i've heard about heard heard the ads all the time on various podcasts and so um was was definitely interested and willing to give it a shot so um the scoring essentially is a very standard ppr with the one exception of uh tight end premium uh 1.5 ppr for tight ends so uh, essentially that's, that's kind of the gist of the league the, the, you know, one of the, one of the more unique formats to the FFPC compared to your traditional dynasty leagues, other than the um, asinine inclusion of kickers and defense is the really rather limited roster size um, that you, you don't have a super, as you can imagine, you know, with, with 20 roster spots and, and only uh, 16, I'm sorry, 18 positional spots. And, and then I think in the off season, you actually have to cut that down to 16 um, players and that must include a kicker and a defense. So it's really only 14 positional players. So you're really looking to kind of concentrate your, your, you know, assets, right? You're you get the, the guys that when it time, when it comes time to cut down, you know, if your 18th player is a top 100 dynasty asset because you just drafted incredibly like if you haven't traded him you're, you're just going to be cutting him so definitely some unique um if, if you've never played the format it's definitely not your average dynasty format well anything did i miss that, that, that i missed or anything you'd like to add well i think there's some very unique rules within these leagues too they do uh weekly victory points so you know your the top scoring team gets to basically the top uh one through four Scoring teams get two points per week. 
then the five through eight get another one, and then nine through 12 get nothing. So there's a little bit of more, let's say, standardization for the better your team is, the more victory points you can have, even if you lose your week, potentially. Like, you can still get two victory points, uh, and the other one gets an extra one because they beat you that week. So I think that's interesting. The other thing is the playoff format. Uh, I, was, I wanted to read it off, but I had scrolled down to wanting to describe victory points really quickly. Hold on. Uh, so the top four teams basically compete weeks 15 and 16, uh, and then the top scoring teams out of those uh, two weeks win the league. Or the, they get one, two, three, four. So, so you're uh, saying only four teams make the playoffs, and basically those four teams uh, face each other weeks 15 and 16? No, six teams make the playoffs. So week 14, you have the, you know, the, the uh, wild card round. And then weeks 15 and 16, those top four teams all play in one big pot. And it's one through four. It's not head-to-head. So the top two teams get a buy then going into week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that buy is huge, as it Martin is mostly. Show. Yeah, nice. So, guys, going into this draft, how much did you talk beforehand? Did you get a chance to talk beforehand? It's, it's been a, you know, kind of a crazy summer for us all. We've all been doing personal things and other leagues going on. Did you guys have a lot of, a lot of time to strategize? Will? I mean, we, yeah, we had, enough, we had enough time to. I don't think Trey and I need a lot of time to strategize. I feel like we know each other quite a bit and have similar and different opinions at different spots. We chatted through each kind of pick as we went along. The thing that we kind of would have wanted to do was to trade down in this draft. But when you're in a league with a lot of random people uh, like FFPC, uh, there's, just, there's just some quirky things that go on and you get a lot of non-response. And so we ended up, uh, we, so as we go into this, we didn't trade a single draft pick, which I thought was really interesting. And so I just started a best ball league, FFPC, this week. So just to kind of learn the format and I had a free entry for, for some reason into this best ball league and it's a little bit clunky compared to some other tools so how was it in terms of communication is there i know there's a chat room but is it easy to communicate with other owners in this league was because that might have been a a barrier to getting deals done it seems like communication is a little bit lacking in this kind of uh, this format ffpc so our our league actually created a group me so um and i think you know probably a, a good good portion of our listeners know what group me is. And so that was really beneficial as far as being able to, you know, discuss when we were interested in possibly trading down. I have to tell you that, you know, one in, in hindsight, as far as not making any trades, one, I think it can be kind of hard with a co-owner to, to make trade downs unless you're in really, you know, intense communication, but back and forth between one another. So, um, you know, I think that that kind of played into that because one of the things I've learned is if you really are committed to trading down, you've got to be willing to send out. I mean, I did, I've done a couple startups this off season where I've sent over 200, you know, one over 300 offers during the startup. And I did trade down, you know, four five, six times in each of those startups. So I, I think that you have to have the, the time and so I'll be honest, for me, this, this draft kind of occurred during a period where I had a lot of stuff going on. And, and so it probably was less than ideal for me as far as proactively sending trade offers. And, and on the flip side of that, literally every offer that we received 
in the tr the the startup to trade down, trade up, or any any kind of offer that we received was so ridiculously far off that it wasn't even worth countering. It, I mean, it, it was just like, you know, they, they wanted us to, you know, uh, give, they wanted us to give them like our 2021st and uh, eighth rounder for like a sixth round. I mean, just like crazy. Like it was just crazy. Or, or they said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll give you my, you know, eighth rounder for your, you know, 14th and, and a 2021st. And so there were, there were just a lot of offers that um, were not close for us. I, I don't think, Will, can you remember any offer that we even considered? Hold on, back off mute. Okay, here we go. The, there was a lot of trying to move up three or four rounds in the startup draft for 2022nd pretty early on. That, those are the ones that I was, I was pretty surprised by. And then, uh, Trey, I would typically try to just counter with saying, okay, you can move up, you know, less than that amount of rounds for first. And they'd be like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. 2020 is going to be crazy. Um, and so I'd kind of just, like, back off. And I also, in this, in this draft, I wasn't all that excited to, to trade down unless we were going to get a good value. And a 2022nd to move back, like, you know, three, four rounds, potentially – uh, in the early rounds, it just wasn't worth it to me. And as we go through this team and what our thought process was and, and you know, what we talked about back and forth, there's a, there, there was definitely some interesting picks, some interesting moves. And without moving in a draft, I, I think we I just ended up with a team that I didn't expect, but I enjoy it. Let's, let's go ahead and, and get into the draft so we can start to talk about your thought process. So I remember early on when, when you guys looked at the board, I think you must have been the second team to register, and it looked as if you might have the 102. But then when the draft started, it turns out you had the 110. So you're picking from the 10th spot. Well, so, also, we, we, should, we should go back because Trey and I were trying to join this FFPC. We want to do this format because FFPC is very popular, and we wanted to try it out. And there was not actually a league that was readily available. So this is a $77 buy-in on the FFPC. You have to pay two years in advance. Uh, we were trying to avoid going into the, uh, the, I think it was like a 250 range. And the, seven, the $77 one was full. And then finally somebody dropped out and I jumped on it. So we were actually the 12th team to sign up and ended up with the 10th pick overall. Oh, thank you for clarifying. I, I didn't realize that. Okay. So it was, just, it was just random. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So... You randomly get the tenth pick. Let's see who went off the board. It's it's pretty much what you might expect, right? You've got Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Patrick Mahomes, the Superflex. We went at number three overall. CMC, Zeke, Juju, the first wide receiver taken off the board. I think you're, we're starting to see that more and more people are seeing Juju as the wide receiver one in Dynasty, which is interesting. Um, at the one hundred seven, you've got DeAndre Hopkins. The one hundred eight, Devontae Adams. The 109, Odell Beckham, and then Train Will, your team, which you called Trillium, is that right? Is on the clock. Well, Trillium, yeah, it's also going to be our new uh, hip hop band name. So, all right, great. Maybe you'll save uh, your maybe some uh, some some of those uh, some of those raps for the end of the show. Maybe since it is show number 100. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think I wrote like 20 to 30, you know, lyrics down. It's really hard to rhyme trillium with almost anything <laughs> no doubt no doubt okay so let's talk about this it, it was the, what were your, what were your thoughts here at the 110 what did you guys think about doing it's super flex so 
do you think about quarterback here? What do you, what do you guys want to do here at the 110? What, what, what was the discussion like? Or was this an easy choice for both of you? Well, I think that both of us were, were pretty much on the same page with going wide receiver here. Okay. So, and, and, and I don't think that that's probably a shock for most people. Um, once you get outside the top four um, or, or really five in this format with the super flex, uh, I, I really am not keen on spending a first round pick or even uh, an early second round pick on a running back. So for us, it was certainly, we were, we were, we were actually pretty hopeful that Odell Beckham was going to fall to us. I know that the Beckham has, had been falling down into the, to the back end of some startups this off season, despite the hype surrounding his move to Cleveland. So I was, I was pretty excited and hopeful, but he, you know, of course went the pick right before ours. So we ended up taking Michael Thomas, um, which is, it's a pick that I like. I think that, you know, I don't have very many shares at all of Michael Thomas. I wasn't really in on him as a rookie as, as I don't think really many people were. Um, and since that time I've not really acquired him in many leagues or, or drafted him in many startups. So we, we went Michael Thomas, you know, locked up our young stud wide receiver one. I know there's some people that have concerns over his, longevity after Drew Brees but not super worried about that Drew Brees is playing quarterback for the New Orleans Saints in case anyone missed that and Michael Thomas is by far and away the number one target in that passing game and I think that his volume and scoring and all that is going to be pretty pretty consistent I think he had a 1500 1400 1500 yard season this past year and uh, so I thought it was a very safe very solid pick there in, in the at the 110. Well, also, uh, Taysom Hill may be the next Drew Brees with some legs, according to preseason. So we're ready. <laughs> That's right. You got to everything right now. Everything you hear, for sure. He's definitely going to be the next Drew Brees. He'll step right in and they won't miss a beat, will they? Okay, so makes sense. I have no issue with this pick personally. I don't think any of our listeners would either. It's a great pick at the 110, Michael Thomas. Uh, so you're going to pick in four picks. So who goes off the board in the meantime? Well, three running backs are off the board. You've got uh, David Johnson that went at the 111, Mike Evans at the 112. Then starting the second round, you've got Nick Chubb and then Joe Mixon. So here you are at the 203. What do you guys want to do? What, what's your thought process here? There, so there was a pre-discussion about quarterback rankings and how we wanted to go about it. And we had kind of a top 10 set. And the last player, the second to last player in that, that set was, okay, if, if Andrew Luck doesn't go, we should consider him at the 10. Uh, he's a long-term quarterback. This is also before the calf injury news, which, but also, like, long-term, like, not, not too worried about Andrew's luck, Andrew Luck's future. We, uh, we saw a big value here. We decided not to trade down. And, Trey, if you want to elaborate any more, but uh, we ended up going with, the second quarterback off the board, uh, maybe a little bit early, but maybe like sparking some more interesting quarterbacks this next round, which was one of the goals. Uh, we went ahead and snagged Andrew Luck because he was in our top 10 and fell to us at the 15th pick. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I like this pick. You know, th there's really, you know, the, the one guy that, that I was pretty hopeful might fall to us at wide receivers, Mike Evans, but he went at the 112. Um, and because he, he's a guy for me that is right there. Like, you know, if Will had said, hey, let's take Mike Evans at 110 over Michael Thomas, I wouldn't have really had a problem with that. Um, I think that, 
you know, he's a, he's an elite. Um, he is not becoming the wide receiver two in Tampa behind Chris Godwin. Although, you know, I, I, I read some, some, some Godwin hype that's getting a little crazy. So, you know, Wait, essentially. Is that, is that a hot take then, Trey, that, that Evans is going to be the wide receiver Evans one this the, year for the, the team? The guy, I'm very the, confused. The receiver that's right now. just started his career with five 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, that's that's a that's hot, man. It's that's it's ghost pepper. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we did. Will nailed it. We we talked. We had we had ten ten guys that we said if if any of these ten guys are well, we, we knew one of them would be there. You know, whichever of these ten guys is left at ten, we'll take them. And and it ended up that that Andrew Luck was there, and but Michael Thomas was also there. So we went Thomas, and then when when Luck came around to us at the the two hundred three without any interest in trading down. I mean, I look at the rest of the guys taken throughout that second round. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill is probably the only one that would interest me at that spot. But with the, the risk uh, that Tyreek Hill carries and, you know, Will and I trying to be more like our uh, uh, fearless leader, Ryan, being risk averse, um, Andrew Luck was a pretty easy pick there. I, I don't like to go. I, I the depth at quarterback is really at a spot that it has not been in since I started playing Superflex several years ago. And and so it, it, there is a part of you that feels like you don't want to go quarterback real early in Superflex, but I just feel like Andrew Luck it has a level of safety and elite production that is going to, I mean, I, I love what that franchise is doing. They're, they put together an incredible offensive line and, and as a franchise, I really trust what they're doing. So we locked up uh, Andrew Luck as our quarterback one. I did have some uh, consideration here for, I kind of, I, I really do like taking, if we're going to, let's say, so you have to set up for two years. So if we're going to do a two year window window, uh, I don't, I wouldn't mind taking like Deshaun Watson as the second quarterback off the board. I think he's very talented. I don't really trust the Texans organization as a whole, but we saw a less than healthy Deshaun Watson last year have a very good season, and he has a lot of upside uh, on the rushing. This is a four point per passing touchdown, so there is, uh, you know, there's a lot more benefit than a six point per passing touchdown for a rushing quarterback. Well, that was Wait, one of, that I, was going to look was safer to me, and we went pretty safe. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about because when you guys made this pick, and I'm following on silently, I didn't say anything during the whole draft for the most part. And I was thinking to myself, okay, Deshaun Watson's there. Take Deshaun Watson. Take Deshaun Watson. I, I kind of, I, I, my preference is Deshaun Watson over Andrew Luck, but it's super close. I mean, it's, I can't really like sit here and pound the table and be like, you guys made a huge mistake. Um, but but I, I was wondering if you discussed Deshaun, Deshaun Watson when you made the pick, or it was clearly Andrew Luck. Will or Trey, did you think about Deshaun Watson? No, no, I didn't. I just prefer Andrew Luck. I, I just think, you know, that the, the – the longevity, I think, is there again. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a great. You're you're splitting hairs really when you're when you're up at the top, and and Deshaun Watson does add some things with his leg. But you know, he he struggled with injury as well. I mean, obviously Andrew Luck with the shoulder, um, you know, had some pretty significant um, missed time, and and now with the calf, there's some concerns. But it's definitely luck over Watson for me. It's it, that's not a, a a tough decision for me at this at this point. I've made a huge mistake. You know, I don't, I don't dislike Watson by any stretch, but, um, you know, to, to be honest, I'm and, – and to be honest, there's other quarterbacks I would take behind Andrew Luck over Deshaun Watson even. Just one thing before we go on, I have to say it. 
that's a, going back to the Mike Evans. It, it's interesting that Mike Evans was taken at the 112. I don't think that's a bad spot at all. It, it does seem like he's taking taken like early second round, mid second round, and it's super likely like this. But the Chris Godwin over Mike Evans take, if if you really believe that, that is Carolina Reaper baby because that is just crazy. I, I mean, we talked about this offline. I think Godwin's gonna have a pretty good year. I think he may be lower end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, but. I mean, Mike Evans, you got to look at the track record and how good he is. And, oh, that's just crazy talk. Twitter's just getting out of control. We're just getting antsy for football, aren't we? Um, and, and these are, you know, I, I know we don't have to go on and on, but it, it is – the more I think about it, the more it just kind of fires me up a little bit. But anyway. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because if, I don't remember if that was his natural draft position or if it – so I'm trying to find out where his natural – it was the – he kind of moved all over the place. So he took he took Kamara at two and then – also took Mike Evans at 112 and they didn't pick again until the fifth round at the 509 he took Jameis Winston to pair up there with Mike Evans um, but then looking ahead I don't think he had a sixth round pick so in the seventh round he took Sony Michelle so you know after seven rounds he has four players so this guy's you know clearly like you know in, in it to win it like studs and duds um, so it's kind of kind of interesting to to look at that when you see who it was that, that did take Mike Evans there. That is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't mind, yeah, the the him taking him at the one twelve, but yeah, that's uh you're putting a lot of eggs in a couple of baskets. That's that's tough. That's a tough way to build a dynasty team as as we've talked about. Okay, let let's kind of move on. Well, we'll a quick note about the Mike Evans thing is so is they're talking about Bruce Arians slot receiver. I think you should just look at Bruce Arians wide receiver one on the team versus where that player plays on the field. He schemes well around his best players. It's not necessarily the position they play on the field, in my opinion. We will find out. We'll talk about that as we get into the year. One of the more intriguing storylines, I think, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about them going into 2019. Let's get back to the draft. Uh, I don't know if we want to read all the picks between um, where you guys went in the third round, because there were a lot of picks. You guys picked up the 310. Um, do you think it's worth our time reading through these picks or should we just jump ahead? Because uh, we'll, we'll post a link to your draft, of course, in the show notes uh, so people can can look at this and follow along. But do, do, do you guys want to discuss any picks that went before you at the 310? Was there someone you were thinking after you picked Andrew Luck, like, okay, looking ahead to the end of the third <laughs> round, these are some guys we hope are going to be there. Or were you just like, we'll see what happens? Uh, Ryan, I think at the time that you just explained it, you could have read the players off. <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's you know the the 10 the, the, these are the kind of spots that I don't really love drafting in right I, you know being at the 110 right the, the one nice thing about it is you only have four picks when you're you know going the you know odd to even round there's only four picks between your two selections so you know you know that you're not there's not a big run there that happens but then you know in the other picks there you know there's there's 18 18 selections that are happening between your two draft picks and so that's really challenging so I think after taking luck it's kind of hard to project who you hope to make it to your next pick because there's there's 18 guys going off the board so I think for the most part when when those long stretches were happening you know we we took into consideration who we were who we were looking at there were times where you know like in the third and fourth round there were a couple guys we were eyeing and the, the question was always okay which one has the better chance of making it back to us in, in six picks. Um, whereas, you know, after you make the pick of luck, it's like you kind of just check out. Um, I, I'm not really one to see a guy falling and want to trade up to grab them. Um, uh, and that's, that's not usually something that I'm 
real big on. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So, so let's just go, Ryan, uh, just quick. So after the 15th pick of Andrew Luck, we go Baker Mayfield, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Deshaun Watson, Todd Gurley, Travis Kelsey, Amari Cooper, Aaron Rodgers, Tyreek Hill. End of the second round. Start of the third round. Damian Williams. Very interesting in a dynasty pick to go Damian Williams first pick in the third round. Anyway, yeah, that's wild. Uh, George Kittle. Dalvin Cook goes after Damian Williams in dynasty uh, here in this one. Then James Conner, Zach Ertz, because it is tight end premium. It's a decent premium. It's probably worth to get the you know that, that kind of tier. Uh, the 306 is Kerryon Johnson. Then Antonio Brown at 307. Diggs at 308. Melvin Gordon at 309. And then, da-da-da, Trellium. Trellium. Who do you got? Who do you got? Releasing their newest album. Uh, so we were talking <laughs> about a bunch of different receivers here, quarterbacks. And one of, my, one of my favorite players coming into this season and for the future, and that I think is being a little bit disrespected in this draft, proved that to me, was uh, – I really, I was like, Trey, we had a boxer match. He's like, Trey, I, you know, he's still on the board here. I really want to go Keenan Allen. Are you on board? And of course Trey was on board because Trey is the funny member of the Keenan Allen fan club, I think. Yeah, no, I, I was on board. It's funny, too, because I mentioned to Will, I said, I'm on board. I know how much you like Keenan Allen, and I like him. I said, there's another guy here that I like really closely that, you know, if, if it were me, I, I may lean towards, but – uh, you know, spoiler, I won't mention who that person's name is because, you know, ultimately it was like, listen, if one of these guys is going to make it to us in our fourth round pick, it's not going to be Keenan Allen. And so we decided to take Keenan Allen and, and, and lo and behold, the other guy fell to us at our next pick. You know, the other thing we didn't really talk about this, but, you know, Will and I had kind of decided like in the first five rounds of this draft, we wanted to basically draft only quarterbacks and wide receivers, right? We didn't want to take a tight end. We didn't want to take a running back uh, unless there was just some glaring value that fell to us. Our goal was in the first five rounds to lock up two quarterbacks and three wide receivers. And then we would turn our attention to addressing, you know, the, the tight end position and, and potential depth at, you know, wide receiver and quarterback and start loading up on, on running back. So just, just to put that out there, like, you know, there's no, we're not really looking at running backs at this point. We're not really looking at um, anything other than quarterback and wide receiver. And, and Keenan Allen was definitely very easily kind of getting to the end of a pretty significant tier of, of solid, young, proven wide receiver ones. Yeah. I, I love, I love the pick. I love that he dropped here. Um, looking at the picks beforehand, the one questionable one is Damian Williams. We don't need to get into that. That's just kind of crazy in the dynasty draft, in my opinion, uh, to take him early, the beginning of the third round. Then a quarterback run really starts here after Keenan Allen goes up the board. So at the 311, you've got Russell Wilson, then Kyler Murray at the 312. 401, Carson Wentz. So you've got three QBs in a row. Then at the 402, right before you guys pick, the guy you're looking at, might, you might be getting nervous here. Uh, but then Marlon Mack goes off the board. Thank you, whoever took Marlon Mack at the 402. Interesting pick. And then you guys are up at the 403, and your guy's still there. Yeah, and I remember that clearly because that guy, the team name is Let's Go. And here he is sitting on the clock at 402, and he does not. This is one of those moments where I was kind of engaged. He did not have a wide receiver at this point, right? He had taken David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Russell Wilson. And so he's sitting there and, and our guy that we ended up taking at the 403, Brandon Cooks was still on the board. And I was super nervous. Cause I'm like, there's no way this guy is not 
going to take wide receiver. I thought maybe, maybe he takes someone else. Um, and so when the Marlon Mack pick came in, it, it was, it was, a, I was ecstatic. And, you know, Brandon Cooks is a guy that I love. And, and so, you know, we've already got Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen locked and loaded as our two starting wide receivers. So now we slot Brandon Cooks, which, you know, has this boom bust moniker, right? Jordan, Jordan McNamara has been one of the champions of kind of debunking that myth. Um, the guy is a top 15 wide receiver. He's, you know, had an incredible year last year, his best year actually pr- product, production wise. And, and I think he's got a great future there in a, in a booming offense. So, um, you know, that's the other thing we're, we're really every player that we've drafted so far, all four players that we've taken are in excellent offenses, which I think is really important. Um, and so I think, you know, four, four picks in here to be sitting on Andrew Luck and these three wide receivers, we were pretty ecstatic, honestly. There, there were some little breaks along the way where, you know, we were hoping some guys would make it to us, but I think we were pretty, pretty content to be where we were. Yeah, and so I, I do typically want to get a, a three-down stud running back in one of these four, first four rounds of a Superflex Dynasty startup, but nothing came to us that I felt was like a really good value. You know, if we were in the top five picks, I would have pushed for one of those running backs. You know, if we were, we had an early second rounder and we probably would have gone Mike Evans. Let's say he's gone. Maybe we would have looked at one of, you know, like the Joe Mixon uh, type level. Or if we had that kind of mid third rounder and we were choosing between like, let's say, Kerryon Johnson or Keenan Allen, we might end up going Kerryon Johnson in, in that moment. Uh, because I do think that he has a three down back uh, skill set that has a lot of upside to it. You, you have a lot of risk reward that was available, uh, potentially. But that never really fell to us, and trying to trade up or down was a bear in, in this FFPC with a lot of random people. So, I mean, fair to them. When you're trading and you want to get a really good deal, you can either hold out and just pick or, uh, you know, rip somebody off as best you can. So that, that's, uh, that's why I think the, our, our kind of like general comfortability with just going wide receiver quarterback in the first few rounds, it really relaxed me for this draft. Yeah, and I want to mention too, it's kind of interesting just looking at – you know, a couple teams that did things a little bit oddly. There's a, a team by the name of Dirty 26ers in this league. And at the 103, um, they took Patrick Mahomes. And then they came back around and traded up and took in the second round. They had two picks in the second round. At, at 204, they took Baker Mayfield. And at 207, they took Deshaun Watson. So three picks in the first two rounds, all quarterbacks, Mahomes, Mayfield, Watson. They did not have another draft pick until the seventh round where they took Derrick Henry at the 703. No, they had, a, they had the 303. They took Dalvin Cook. Oh, that's right. That's right. There it is. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, anyway, just another interesting, you know, kind of, you know, studs and duds approach. I think they're – yeah, they, and then they ended up going with TJ Hawkinson and then A.J. Brown as their wide receiver one. So that's a, a very, very interesting build. They also got David Montgomery in there. It looks like, but it's so bizarre because, okay, if you want to spend your first two picks on stud quarterbacks in a super flex league, you know, I don't totally hate that. I mean, I understand that approach, but is it your first three picks, you take three stud quarterbacks. I mean, unless your strategy is to try to, okay, I'm going to shop the stud quarterback when someone needs a quarterback. I just don't, I don't like that approach if that's what they're thinking. It doesn't make any sense. It's like such a luxury they Ryan, don't do have. You, Ryan, do you know anyone that started off a dynasty? draft by going heavy at quarterback in a super flex league you wouldn't know anyone that did that in league of ballers would you <laughs> I, don't I don't think you t- i don't think it was three in the first two rounds though 
did I did I do that? Didn't you say? Yeah, didn't I, I think you took like three or three or four quarterbacks like really early. Maybe it wasn't in that league. There, there was definitely a league where you had had taken. Oh, and like not this year, I haven't. But like in previous years, absolutely. I, in a I startup, like to, yeah. I like to go heavy uh, um, in the starter. But I'm just saying, like your first three picks. I've never gone. Yeah, no, no, no. First three picks. For sure. That's. I mean, that's like I said. First two picks. You want to go Mahomes and Baker, or Mahomes and Watson. More power to you, I suppose. But I don't know. But but yeah, in this landscape right now, with, with which we'll t- we'll see. And I think this is a draft where quarterbacks actually went as high as we probably have seen them in the Superflex League in the in the offseason. Yeah. So, I mean, they were going as early as you're going to see them in this draft. And still, you can wait and be okay. Um, and so let, let's go ahead and kind of look ahead because now we have the run on, on quarterbacks. You've got Evan Ingram that went after you guys, which I think in a Superflex League, I think it's pretty, probably a pretty good pick um, at the 404 with the tight end premium. Then you got Matt Ryan, Leonard Fournette, Jared Goff, Aaron Jones, Cam Newton, T.Y. Hilton, Josh Jacobs, Lamar Jackson to close out the fourth round. A lot of quarterbacks there. Continues in the fifth round. Top of the fifth, you got Mitchell Trubisky, then D.J. Moore, Dak Prescott, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, O.J. Howard, Drew Brees, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay's wide receiver one. Ha ha. Um, yeah. At the, <laughs> the 509, Jameis Winston. So a couple of little Tampa Bay Buccaneers go back to back and you guys are here at the five ten. So what do you want to do? There, there's been a QB run. Are you thinking about quarterback? Are you looking at maybe your first running back? You considering tight end here? There are a lot of different directions you can go. You're in a good spot. You got your wide core wide receivers locked up. You've got a great QB one. What do you think about doing here? Well, what I really wanted Miles Sanders here. I was hoping that he would fall a, a little bit further in this draft than what he did. So when he went off the board, I was a little bit disappointed, but you know you just kind of have to pivot as that happens. And with the amount of quarterbacks off the board, I think Trey, I, 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 I proposed like proposed it in our group chat. I was like, "Hey, Trey, I'm looking at I'm looking at what's left out there. Uh, he may not be the top scoring quarterback this year out of the group, but I think you saw a little bit of a down year last year. And I'm actually going to be a huge homer and be very excited about Kirk Cousins. What do you think? Yeah, and I, I think – I mean, th- this is quarterback 17 off the board. So, I mean, that's not in, – in sheer volume, that's not ridiculous for, for into the fifth round. I mean, I, I think it's a little higher than what I've seen. You know, typically, I don't think quarterback 17 is going until like in the sixth round. But it, the thing is to get that name, to get Kirk Cousins – as the quarterback 17. I mean, he's a top like 13 quarterback, I think is right where I have him. I've been taking him. I actually have taken him even in the top 12 in startups. And so, you know, the thing for me, obviously we were willing to lock up some wide receivers after we went Andrew Luck. You know, obviously I've got, honestly, I have super flex leagues where I've gone and Kirk Cousins is my quarterback one. And I'm completely okay with that. So to lock up Kirk Cousins as our quarterback two behind Andrew Luck, with the trio of wide receivers that we have at this point, I was ecstatic. I, I mean, I couldn't have been happier because if you look at the guys immediately following him, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Josh Allen, you know, all certainly have some question marks. You know, uh, I, I like Kirk Cousins a lot. I think his production, I know that there's some concerns around them, you know, becoming this, you know, running team. And man, I, this guy just produces and he, he has sneaky rushing upside, rushing touchdowns, 
um, and, and rushing upside. So I like him a lot. I think he, I think that he is um, going to just continue to produce. And as our quarterback too, couldn't have been happier there. And there wasn't really anyone else that really stood out to us here. There, there wasn't anyone else at another position that we were, uh, you know, this, this pick I think works out pretty perfectly for us. And I, I think that one thing that I've noticed happening in super flex startup leagues is everybody's starting to fade quarterbacks really, really heavily. And there is kind of a tier of consistent production that you, if there's a big drop off, it, it does matter quite a bit. Uh, one example I will use is Ryan. So last year in our League of Ballers championship game, uh, I had Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, those two combined put up just over 70 points in our in our championship game. So having like two really like that can have really big boom weeks and are not going to ever get benched or replaced starters at quarterback to me is super important. So that's why I feel like the safety of Kirk Cousins because he's not going to get he's not going to be benched for anybody. You know they've already signed on for Kirk Cousins for this year and next. So I wanted that kind of safety and production on our team. And to me, that, that really does matter in Superflex. And quarterbacks are being pushed too far down in Superflex League. This was a little bit different. But in a lot of other drafts, I've seen them just fall. And it's a mistake, I feel like, every time. I think that's a really good point, Will, because we just don't know about some of these guys. I mean, I'm as high as anyone on Mitchell Trubisky, for example. But Mitchell Trubisky could be a backup somewhere in the NFL in a couple of years. Let's say he has a really down year. The Bears don't extend him. He goes someplace else. Look at Marcus Mariota. A couple of years ago, a lot of people were all in on Marcus Mariota. It's like he's one of the hot, you know, new quarterbacks in the league. And Marcus Mariota is going to have probably a hard time holding on to his job this year. He's another guy. Like two years ago, looked like he was money. Like Bortles, you could say the same thing. Jameis Winston, the jury's still out on him, even though we're, we're you know, potentially excited about his future. So that's a really good point because I, I think we look at this and we're like, oh, yeah, I can get Jimmy G or Josh Allen or Sam Darnold, and I'm excited about Dwayne Haskins. Those, all those guys may not be – starting quarterbacks in the NFL three, four, five years down the road. We just don't know. But with Kirk Cousins, he's established a track record. We feel pretty good about that. So that's an excellent point. Yeah, I think we're spoiled a little bit by uh, Case Keenum and then Nick Foles. So you had those kind of late-year quarterbacks or like super flex leagues where you're able to add a player off waivers that mattered. And that, that doesn't happen. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. It's, it's not like the Tim Hightower or Damian Williams. You know, you're more likely to get uh, – different skill position player than a quarterback off the way we're than a, that, uh, than a quarterback. I don't know. So I feel like they've been slipping. So I've just been trying to accrue value in drafts with QBs. Let's go ahead and move on. Hear me that home. Rant, oh, I love done. it. I, I love it. So fifth round. So you've got four picks before you go again in the sixth round. So after Kirk cousins, you got Jimmy G who's been looking great in the preseason. Not that that means anything. Um, then you've got Christian Kirk who is an interesting name. Uh, the 601, you've got Darius Geis. And the 602, Calvin Ridley. So, guys, the 603, you've got your two QBs. You've got three sub-wide receivers. What are you looking to do? Is this an easy, easy decision here, what you guys end up doing? Or is there a lot of discussion that goes on with this pick? Because this is kind of in the draft where it gets kind of interesting, where, you know, ADP kind of gets mushed together and, and it's kind of an interesting, interesting place to me. So what do you guys do here? Well, I think this was our first massive flag plant in the draft when it came to, we have a lot of safe picks here. Nothing's too crazy. Maybe it's a little bit different here or there. And we were thinking, so Trey and I talked, I'm pretty sure we were going to go Darius guys to be felt here, uh, believing in the talent and 
Trey, you talked a bit in group chats about the the Washington team uh, being a little bit dysfunctional organization, which I I see it a little bit, but I also think there's unseen upside, just not in the wide receiver room right now. But I think if the running back and if that offensive line is healthy, there could still be a good uh, a game there. But anyway, we're we're kind of planning guys to buy low on him in the sixth year if he fell to us. He didn't, obviously. And so Trey, why don't you why don't you unveil our pick here? Yeah, so obviously there's a tight end premium in this format, you know, with the one and a half PPR for the tight ends. And so at this point, you know, the kind of the, the top, you know, five guys, I think that the pretty, pretty collectively, you know, you've got the big three and then Evan Ingram and OJ Howard had all gone. We're, we're at the beginning of the sixth round here. And, and to me, there's really only two more guys left and it's kind of ironic because we took one of them and the other went two picks later at the, the six Oh five. And, and we took David and Joku and, uh, David Njoku is a guy to me that I think is getting a little bit of disrespect. I think he's being forgotten about a little bit. Again, kind of continuing the same, you know, motto that we had through those first four rounds and even in the fifth round. You know, we're adding a guy that's going to be in what I believe is going to be a top half NFL offense, if not a top 10 NFL offense. And you could argue that there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed there. But David Njoku is 23 years old. He's already logged two NFL seasons. He came into the NFL being considered a pretty raw prospect. I mean, if you go to player profiler and look at his athleticism, it's immense. He was a first round draft pick. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. His best comparable is Travis Kelsey as far as his metrics. I mean, his breakout age was in the 80th percentile. I mean, he has, he checks every single box that you want to see. Um, the only thing that he hasn't done is he hasn't put it all together as far as production at the NFL level. And, and I think that he's a guy that is a buy right now in Dynasty. I think we've even talked about that in, in podcasts, not in the not too, um, not too, uh, not too long ago, we'll say. I'm having trouble with, my, with the English language there. Um, but also knowing, you know, after this pick, here we are with that early sixth round pick, knowing that there's 18 picks after our pick here. So we kind of knew that at this point, if we were not taking a tight end here, then there was a good possibility we were going to end up having to wait like later, you know, like round nine or 10. And so I I really felt like our our team, the team that we built so far, I think is, is a great blend of an opportunity to win now, but also, you know, there's nobody that we're drafting so far that shouldn't be, you know, producing at same or, you know, reasonably similar levels in two, three years um, on our team. So I, I loved getting David Njoku here. I think he's a value. I think that this time next year, there's a really good possibility that he's going earlier than this, maybe, you know, up closer to the Ingram and, and Howard picks. Will, anything to add on, on David Njoku? Yeah, I think it matters. And, Using player profile a little bit here, he had an 84.3% snap share last year. So as a 22-year-old in the NFL at tight end, still, I mean, you're going to come out raw when you come with that young. He's like the Irv Smith type of player, you know, things like that. But that was the number eight, or sorry, the number eight uh, tight end overall in snap share last year, which I thought was super interesting. So one, avoiding injury is huge. That definitely helps your snap snap share. And then having that amount of snaps in the field, I'm going to lean on that. That means you're learning and you're getting used to how the NFL treats you as a tight end and what you have to do. So he, he's a, this is kind of a, I feel like this was a flight plan in the sense of 
yeah, he hasn't produced much. He hasn't really been a fantasy starter yet, but I'm willing to trust that he will be this year and gamble on it. So two questions for you guys. Hunter Henry goes a couple picks later, and I personally like Hunter Henry more than David Njoku. I'm getting a little bit higher on Hunter Henry the more – you know, I, I, I remember how good he was and, and, and read about him. So I know you've got Keenan Allen on your team. Did that play any role in deciding you didn't want to stack to Los Angeles Chargers? Are you guys just like Njoku flat out better than Hunter Henry? Yeah, I like Njoku better than Hunter Henry. Yeah, same. I, 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 you know, it's not, there's not a huge gap there. They're, they're in the same tier for me. Um, I think for me, Hunter Henry may be a little safer. And, and maybe you get a little bit better immediate production this season. But, you know, Hunter Henry is tied to an aging Phillip Rivers in an offense that, you know, obviously, you know, you've got Keenan Allen. They threw the ball a lot to their running backs last year. You've got Mike Williams, who many are expecting to take a step forward. And, and then, of course, you know, you've got Hunter Henry, who just missed this past season. And, and, and prior to that, you know, um, really had, had not really lived up to expectations you know, yeah, he had his, I think it was his rookie season where he scored some touchdowns and in limited action, you know, put up some decent production. But I feel like that of these two guys, the one that's got the best shot to be up in that like Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle tier is David Njoku. I don't, I don't think Hunter Henry has that ceiling. And, and give me David Njoku tied to Baker Mayfield, tied to this upcoming young, exciting offense with with Odell Beckham on the outside and Jarvis Landry in the middle. I mean, I think that the, there's going to be some incredible opportunities for him to score touchdowns, to, you know, uh, be involved in the passing game. And so I think, you know, long-term upside, you know, ceiling play, it's it's David Njoku for me. Hunter Henry, like I said, is probably a little safer. And, and maybe Hunter Henry outscores him this year, but I don't think Hunter Henry has the same ceiling that David Njoku does. All right. Fair enough. Very good. Very good. Uh, um, and, and David Njoku is one of those guys that's probably a really good buy low option right now because I think people are, are forgetting how talented he is. And um, you got to, you got to see in the future, you got to look into the future with dynasty and see the potential there. So, so guys, you don't have a pick for a while. There is one guy that I want to, uh, we, we should pick up the pace. I don't want to read all the picks. So we're going to start to go a little bit faster, maybe take a couple rounds at a time, talk about your picks that type of thing. Um, but there was a guy that went towards the end of the sixth round. He's getting a lot of hype. And even I will admit, and I like this guy, that uh, maybe he's getting a little too much hype right now. And that's David Montgomery. So David Montgomery went at the 6'10". I think had this draft been started today, he would have gone earlier because he really is getting a lot of hype. He's one of those guys where you're in – like Chris Carson's getting a ton of hype, for example. I think David Montgomery is one of those guys that every time you read something about him, it's like, oh, you know, David Montgomery, the Bears love David Montgomery. He is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then there's a report the other day, Tariq Cohen, Matt Nagy says, we have to scale back our usage of Tariq Cohen. So then it pushes David Montgomery higher up the ladder. Um, a, guy, a guy like that, did you, did you, you know, like now looking at this board, either David Montgomery or anybody that goes between now and your next pick, some of the running backs, um, I know they're older running backs, you know, Devonta Freeman might have a good year. Uh, Mark Ingram, you got Sonny Michelle. Any of those running backs? Do, did you were you tempted by here? Because you didn't have any, you don't have any running backs yet. Hey Trey, I'm not gonna lie. If we turn back the clock, I would take. I would trade, or I would like I would trade David Joku for David Montgomery straight up right now in this league. And that that is binding a little bit to the preseason hype of David Montgomery. 
But I try not to lean into my biases, and I have a lot with David Montgomery. So I wanted to go away from that in this draft, and so that's why I was really comfortable with Njoku. But I think at this moment, I mean, if you just took team build out of it, I think I would do that. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is I would rather be strong at tight end with the premium in this format, um, knowing that we can only keep – I mean, you know, 14 players is really not a lot, right? And so knowing that we're only going to be able to keep 14 players, I don't want to have to roster a bunch of tight ends. I, I don't want to have to try to draft a tight end. Um, and, and so I think that being able to grab someone and lock up that position with the premium and, and be able to potentially have a positional advantage there in the coming years, not that David Montgomery is not, you know, potentially going to be solid, but, but David and Joku, and, and, and I don't know that we're going to be in this league six years from now, but the likelihood that David Montgomery is still producing for your fantasy team in three, four, five, six years is nowhere near the possibility of a guy like David and Joku. So with the premium, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I think that the opportunity to add running backs both later in the draft and in future rookie class, I mean, I, I would anticipate in future rookie drafts, unless we're drafting at the very top of the rounds, you know, we're likely going to be taking primarily running backs. So, you know, running backs, the one position that I'm willing to wait on and be more patient on. I, I, you know, I think David Montgomery, I do, you know, of course, you know, having just said all that, I do wish with our next pick that maybe we would have not wish, but there's some consideration because I feel like we're a little weaker at running back than I'd like to be with this team, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, as far as that's concerned, I, I probably, you know, would, would like to have been able to take a guy like David Montgomery, but, but I, and I don't know, you know, what we would have ended up doing at, at, um, at tight end had we not taken Njoku, but that's a good, it's a, it's a really good question. Very valid. And, and probably Ryan, you're right at this point, he probably goes, you probably swap him and D- Darius Geis out or that early six round pick is probably David Montgomery instead of Darius Geis. Yeah. It'll in be interesting. Honesty. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with David Montgomery. I, I mean, I, I have a, a bias, but the the one game we saw him in, and that's probably it because the Bears are not going to play their starters. Matt Nagy is not going to do it the, the preseason, which is just fine with me. But David Montgomery, really the first look I've had, you know, had at him, and, and obviously it was a small sample size, but he just looked the part. It just His vision was incredible, great hands, that type of thing. So so we'll see what happens with David Montgomery. He's, he's, he's very interesting and exciting. Certainly not a burner, but – um, an exciting guy to watch. So next two picks, let's just kind of jump ahead. Let's take the your seven ten and your eight oh three. You guys still don't go running back. Um, I, I don't. I like the picks, and, and I, I I love one of the picks. But you went with uh, Nikhil Harry and Matthew Stafford. So you, you locked in that QB three. You got an exciting wide receiver for the future. Maybe not this year. Maybe the Josh Gordon news, assuming Josh Gordon can stay on the field, of course, maybe that, you know, we, we have to, you know, it's dynasty. We're not worried about this year necessarily, but down the road, he, he's a really good wide receiver. So any thoughts of any looking at this now, any regrets, you know, you could have, you could have taken um, uh, Daryl Henderson or Chris Carson or a Philip Lindsay or something like that here if you had wanted to. Uh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, we were kind of watching Sony Michelle and, and Sony Michelle was I, I did again, again, like went the pick right before us. So you know, good old, close. Oh. Good old Badonka Gronk um, <laughs> swiped, swiped in after taking Mike Evans and, and he, he takes, 
he takes Sony Michelle the pick right before our Nikhil Harry pick. So that kind of hurt because we were eyeing Sony Michelle. But but then to be honest, you know, Nikhil Harry is a guy that's just plummeting in value right now. And I don't think it's it's very, you know, I, I think it's a great value to get him. It, it's a luxury pick for us, right? He's our wide receiver four. I have I he's one of those guys like we've got probably no need for him to be a starter for us this year. So we can just kind of hang out on our bench and, and next year, you know, he can have this rookie year to kind of develop. I think it's, you know, anyone that's expecting him to produce in new England, that's a very difficult offense uh, for, for rookies to come in and, and just contribute immediately. And now they've got Josh Gordon back and Julian Edelman and James White. And so that's, that's a, that's a pick more for like, you know, true dynasty mindset then then how's this guy going to help us win this year and then you know i'm a huge fan of taking a third quarterback inside the you know top seven rounds so when we passed on Nikhil harry you know it was under the suspicion that we felt like matthew stafford if i remember correctly it was under the suspicion that we felt like matthew stafford would come back around to us and sure enough he did and, and matthew stafford's a guy that's i mean you know to be going off here i think he's like quarterback let's see Cousins was 17. Oh, it's pretty far down the line. 25. He's quarterback 25. Um, and, and I think that's just, I mean, he's 30 years old, former number one overall pick. Um, I think he's like one of my, in, in almost every super flex startup I've done this off season, I've ended up with Matthew Stafford on a lot of those teams as my quarterback three. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, I love it too. I, I mean, you know, you don't like heaven forbid, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, he, he doesn't play for three, four weeks beginning of the year. Yeah. You'd rather have Andrew Luck than Matthew Stafford, but you put, plug in Matthew Stafford and you don't feel horrible about it. You know, it's like, what a solid quarterback three to have on your Superflex team. That's awesome. Um, any other thoughts, on these picks, you know, I, I can, if I want to, you know, play devil's advocate here, looking ahead at some wide receivers that went after Harry the next round. Some people might have preferred Allen Robinson or when now person might have gone with Julian Edelman. That's a really win now though. Jarvis Landry, okay. Cooper cup. People love Cooper cup. Mike Williams. People love Mike Williams. You guys could have those wide receivers over the kill Harry and looking back, any regrets? You didn't go for one of those guys. No, no I, was actually looking, I was looking the other way. Like, would you take Nikhil Harry over Chris Godwin? That's a good question. I mean, it's, it's tough because you know, Godwin, you could get more value wise, you know, like, so it's a hard thing to answer because it's like, well, I get Godwin and I flip them. That's, that's not, it's hard to like answer that objectively, you know, but yeah, in a couple of years from now, yeah, it's just in a vacuum in a startup draft, you can't answer whether or not you take Chris Godwin or you kill Harry. I take Chris Godwin right. because he, it's just, he's more valuable okay. right now. So I guess yeah. I mean, not, so that that's, it's a hard question to answer. You know, sometimes you just pick for values. You guys on the board, it's like, yeah, right. it's it's a startup. You can always make moves. So I'm gonna take the the, the nice thing is, you know, those guys you mentioned, the Allen Robinson, the Jarvis Landry, the Cooper Cups, the Mike Williams. So you know, would would the, would I rather start those guys this year over Nikhil Harry? Yeah, absolutely. But am I gonna start any of those guys over Brandon Cooks, who's our wide receiver three? Not not a chance. So that's where you know this was a, like I said, it is a complete luxury pick. The value is just too hard to pass up. He's probably not going to be in our starting plans at all this year. He's a, you know, I mean, he arguably in this format was a, you know, top three or four pick um, as far as rookies this year. And so he's going to chill on our bench. Um, you know, there maybe people will come along and try and, you know, buy him low, but we will have very little interest in selling him 
And, you know, come this time next year, I think that the opportunity is going to be much greater. And so, I, you know, if you look, if you look at Nikhil Harry, he checks all the boxes as, that you want in a wide receiver prospect. You know, you, you would love for him to go a little bit earlier in the first round. But um, other, other than that, I mean, he, he did sneak into the first round. Other than that, you know, production profile and athleticism. And, you know, I, I think he's got a, a bright future in the NFL. And it doesn't worry me the reports that you hear that he's kind of struggling in training camp with the Patriots. That offense is not very, you know, easy for, for rookie wide receivers. So. Yeah, of course he's struggling. He's a rookie wide receiver. Most of them do. It's yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. The trainer can't be. But he came from the very much Patriots like offense, Arizona state. (laughs) Kidding. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Like. So. So guys, if, if you're worried about. Trey and Will's excellent draft adventure here and what their team looks like because we don't have any running backs yet. Don't worry because running back one comes off the board with the 9-10. Royce Freeman coming in to save the day. And then at the 10-03, Noah Fant's sitting there and you guys grab him, which I love in this this uh, this format. So you guys want to talk about those picks? I, I, I like Royce Freeman quite a bit for where you get him. And I know we've probably talked ad nauseum about Philip Lindsay and um, – you know, our, in terms of a dynasty, you know, you know, guy to have on our team, how we just c- kind of have some doubts about him. And, and Royce Freeman is a pretty solid guy. So you guys clearly felt the same way, right? I, I kind of bended to Trey on this pick. I'm not a massive Royce Freeman fan, but I wasn't passionate enough about a different player or a running back or some sort of – I didn't see a, a glaring value on the board that I really loved. So – uh, Trey did, and I was willing. You know, that's part of sharing a team. Is I've I've trusted Trey, and you know, I'm I'm wrong often enough where it doesn't bother me at all taking that one interesting thing around that you didn't mention before. Royce Freeman went off the board was the Chicago defense went yeah. three picks earlier. Yeah, that is interesting. Oh my gosh, it it doesn't make any sense. You know, just just to remind our listeners, they probably don't need this lesson, but defenses vary from year to year, and and injuries play a big part. You know, heaven forbid something happens to Khalil Mack or Roquan Smith and they're out for the year. Look, look at Atlanta's defense. Atlanta was set to have a good defense last year and they lost a couple of guys. Their defense was trash. Look at Jacksonville's Jacksonville. Defense. Everyone went to Jacksonville, right? And look at that, what happened to them. So that, that's a good point that wh- why, why waste a pick on a defense? It doesn't make any sense. 61 picks before the next defense went off the board. 61 <laughs> picks. And it's funny because the same I feel like exact the next defense guy, went too early too. You know what's no, here's what's crazy. The same guy took the Jacksonville defense in round fifteen as the third defense off the board. It's the same guy. So I'm like, uh, kind of blew me away. He took two defenses in the top fifteen rounds. So, you know, and and talking a little bit about Freeman here, you know, you're getting this is round nine, right? So we're about to about to add our ninth and tenth guys to the team. And, and you know, we're obviously going to have 18 positional players and only end up keeping 14 of them. So you know, this is where you kind of take some shots, right? I mean, this is where you, you, you know, either take someone that you feel like you're going to be able to use this year to produce, to go for the championship, or you, you take a guy that's got some upside and, and Royce Freeman has that, you know, I don't think that defense or that offense in, in Denver is going to be a juggernaut, but I think he's going to have startable weeks um, even with Philip Lindsay there in, in like a 1A and 1B um, uh, committee. But if, if something st- 
to happen, you know, to the slight frame, Philip Lindsay, and he misses some time. I think Royce Freeman, you know, one of the things that people are kind of missing on Royce Freeman last year is he was just overshadowed by Philip Lindsay and the dynamic season that Philip Lindsay had. Royce Freeman looked really good when he was on the field. He, he punched in some touchdowns. He was really good at picking up first downs in short yardage situations, faced a lot of eight man boxes and, and really produced. He looked good. It wasn't, it wasn't that Royce Freeman had a, a, a poor rookie season. It's just that it was overshadowed by, by Philip Lindsay. So I like Royce Freeman to be a top, top 24, you know, top 30 running back this year. If Philip Lindsay plays 16 games, but if Philip Lindsay were to miss six, eight, nine, ten games, I think that Royce Freeman has top 15 running back upside this year. Um, so, yeah, and that was what we were looking. We were, we were basically staring down the barrel of Royce Freeman, or I think we talked about Kenyon Drake. Yeah. And I, I'm a massive hater of Kenyon Drake, so I was like, let's go Royce Freeman. All of a sudden, I was a Royce Freeman fan as we went off the board there, and there, there you know. Being overshadowed by Philip Lindsay and those two guys together, you're you're betting on the future. You're basically taking a low risk gamble here in the ninth round. So I don't mind it. Just not a. It didn't like you know I wasn't like staying awake at night excited about our Royce Freeman pick in the ninth round. Uh, the tenth round pick though, uh, I was not expecting this Trey as you recommended it, but uh, in the tenth round pick three, we scooped up our second tight end. We went ahead and uh and nabbed Noah Fant, one of my Iowa boys. On the same team is Royce Freeman, and I'm kind of surprised he fell this far. Yeah, I thought it was great value. I mean, essentially, Noah Fant is is very similar in profile to David Njoku that we took four rounds earlier. It's just that he's just now a rookie. He's not had those, you know, a couple years in the league to kind of cut his teeth, which we often expect at the tight end position. So, again, this is kind of a luxury pick, right? We've already got – uh, we we knew we were going to roster a second tight end. I mean, you, you have to with a with with a bye week in there. I mean, you could try to scoop one off waivers, but with the premium, you really don't want to be, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as tight end. Um, and you know, heaven forbid that Njoku were to become injured. So you know, I thought to get to get Noah Fant here in the tenth round, I thought it's a great pick. Again, you know, I don't anticipate that we're going to st- very very similar to Nikhil Harry. I mean, in a premium format, Noah Fant's a top six, top seven rookie for me this year and so to be able to to grab Fant and and Nikhil Harry both here in the in these in this startup and and just kind of park them on our bench to 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 you know produce and I, and I think it's one of the nice things about going this is one of the benefits of going you know solid at wide receiver like we are only going to roster I think these four wide receivers right we've got Michael Thomas we've got Keenan Allen we've got Brandon Cooks as our three starters to the two wide receiver starters and a flex. We added Nikhil Harry. So we don't have to try and add like three more wide receivers that we can stream. We don't need to take shots on upside guys at the wide receiver position. So what we can do is take safer bets, right? Like, you know, first round tight ends have a 50% hit rate of top 12 seasons. I mean, that's, that's the, one of the best hit rates of all rookie picks. And so, you know, Chad Parsons says it all the time, round one tight ends just don't miss. And so we, we're just locking in a long-term, likely elite asset here. Um, and, and that's one of the things I think that's so valuable about going early at, you know, wide receiver and locking up guys that you know are locked and loaded starters barring an injury. 
So guys, you're, you, you've got the quarterback situation. You're solid wide receiver. You're solid tight end. Now you're solid running backs. You got to attack it, but you do. I'm going to, I'm going to go through your picks rounds 11 through 18 because you're going to see a trend. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You've got, uh, you know, starting round 11, Lamar Miller. Then you've got Wait, Alexander. Can I just pivot okay. right there. I really regret not going to Johnson over Lamar Miller. <laughs> I really do. Uh, looking at it long term, I think because this is after the Duke, John, Duke Johnson trade had happened. So I was thinking, I was like, oh, we'd go, maybe we scoop Duke. But I was like, ah, I'm worried because go, coming to a new offense with a, a bad offensive line, even though they drafted offensive linemen, doesn't mean they're going to be better this year. Uh, but looking at next year, Duke Johnson's still under contract. There's no way they're resigning Lamar Miller. There is a big risk of them drafting somebody, but they have so many other holes that I don't see them taking one of the stud running backs out of next year if they have Duke on the roster. And those kind of push that out. But anyway, that was the – because Duke Johnson went uh, three picks later, and I would, I would trade Lamar Miller for Duke Johnson right now if I could. Yeah. Anyway. That's so. a good observation, yeah. But on the, on the other hand, you've got Lamar Miller as, as – if he's healthy, you just plug, plug and play him, and you know, he's a guy that you can just plug in that starting lineup. Alexander Madison getting more and more buzz in the 12th round. Peyton Barber in the 13th round. Um, you know, Ronald Jones is just – it's just not happening, people. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. You're, when you hear negative reports in the, in the preseason and you see it on the field, he's got this inflamed knee situation. It's not good. So Peyton Barber, by default, is probably the guy. So a guy you're going to be able to start plenty of games this year. Uh, Gio Bernard, round 14. Round 15, Jordan Howard, who's going to get you some starts. Round 16, LaShawn McCoy. Round 17, Benny Snell. And then um, around 18, a Fantasy Joe's favorite, get yourself some Quadre Allison, and you did. So, <laughs> so you loaded up on running backs, guys. So you're, you'll be fine. There, there, there's going to be guys you can plug in and start um, each week at the running back position, no problem. That's basically the game plan to load up on some younger guys and look for some variance. I do have a little bit of concern with our running back, like long-term future, because we have guys are, that could potentially be droppable. Uh, coming next season. But with a short bench, I, I think that's fine because when it comes to waivers and guys you can add throughout the season at a very injury-prone position, it doesn't really bother me. So, Trey, when we, took, when we were talking about like the Sean McCoy, the 16th, one thing that I think should be noted is the complete overhaul that the Bills did to their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I can't name all the players, but I listened to Ross Tucker quite a bit, the old offensive lineman uh, that he, you know, he's a podcast that he's on there with Evan Silva on the Fantasy Feast. And he talks about the that it's being underrated what the Bills did and how hard they tried and how much money they spent into that offensive line. That doesn't mean they're going to gel, but they're giving it a go. Like they're they're at least saying, "Hey, we're going to do this because we think this is a core of what our team can do to be better." So I really like to pick a lot of McCoy because they haven't cut him yet, so they're not gonna, they they don't need cap room now. Like there's no reason to. So I think he's still going to be a, a fantasy asset for this year. And if he's not, I mean, whatever, it's the 16th round, and he has a good amount of upside. Yeah, he's definitely – you know, the, the nice thing about these, these guys, the, these last few roster spots, is you, wanna, you want guys that are either going to produce or you're going to be able to move on. You know, you don't, you don't want to have to – and to be honest, as I'm looking here, you know, I almost wonder these, these last few guys that we we're rostering, Benny Snell and Quandry Allison, you know, Brian Hill – appears to be establishing himself as the, the, the number yeah. two running back there in Atlanta. And so even live, uh, I don't know if wa- when waivers start in this league, I- I'm almost wondering if we don't drop Quadri Allison or Benny Snell for Brian Hill, knowing 
the fragility of Devonta Freeman. I think if Devonta Freeman goes down with injury, that Brian Hill is going to be the guy that gets the lion's share of the work. So just something to think about. I, I, we don't have to do that right now or make that decision right now. Um, but, you know, I, I do think and, – and to be honest, to close this thing out, you know, we ended up, as I would recommend for anyone in a format where you have to have a kicker in defense, we ended up getting, to, to me, what, what are top five kicker and defenses. Like, Adam Vinatieri plays on one of the best offenses in the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts. They play in a dome, right? So you don't have to worry about weather situation. Like, Adam Vinatieri is like a f- top five or six kicker for me. And um, then we came around in the 20th round with our very last pick and picked up a defense that I think is being slept on incredibly in Dallas. And it's not only that they are being slept on just in general, but their early season schedule is incredible. The first three weeks, I believe that they play like the Giants and maybe the Bills. I mean, Washington too. And Washington. I mean, that is like turnovers waiting to happen. And again, this is a league where if the defense scores a touchdown that, you know, you get six points for that. And so I I think that we have a real opportunity for Vinatieri and the Dallas defense, even though we picked them with our last two picks to really be difference makers for us. Um, So anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd share that. I I think there's some interesting draft strategies in here too. Like a, a team that can really surprise you in the way a draft goes. So uh, yeah, I'm going to call it D. It's just D-E-E in this draft. So they're the ones that took the Chicago Bears defense in the ninth round. And they also took the first kicker off the board in the 12th round of Greg Zerline. And they also took uh, Jacksonville's defense and then followed that up uh, with Steven Guskowski. So they have oh two gosh. defenses and two kickers before the end of the 16th round. And you're just missing out on so, so much uh, just opportunity and upside. Like, I mean, it's fine if they're a top, like a decently scoring defense, but those are, it's just not where you want to be spending your, your draft capital. Uh, Greg's your line in the 12th round. I mean, he went before players you're going to be able to trade for future. Like you can't trade Greg's your line for a future second rounder. You might be able to right now with Kalen Balaj, you know, or let's say, uh, you, uh, you know, Nick Foles starts to be playing pretty well. He went in the 13th in a super flex league. You trade any defense ever for a starting quarterback it's just that it's such an easy choice so yeah this guy I just pulled up his roster he's (laughs) he's definitely in it to win it I don't know that I see this guy being in this league in two two years he he has Drew Brees and Tom Brady as his quarterbacks um does not have another quarterback on the roster he has Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette as his starting running backs he has Antonio Brown DeAndre Hopkins as his starting wide receivers. He has Devonta Freeman as his flex and Eric Ebron as his tight end. I mean, literally then you jump down to his roster and it's, as you mentioned, you know, two kickers, two defenses. And then he's got, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Jarvis Landry, Chris Thompson, Jarek McKinnon, Sterling Shepard, Mohamed Sanu. I mean, th- this guy, this is kind of more of like a studs and duds. So he, he, I think has an aim to try and win this thing year one, year two. Um, because you know, the, the, yeah. This is what's super nice about having to pay two years at the two years at the very beginning too, because you could have no starting quarterbacks for the team next year very easily. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. You know, in D's defense, he is 12 years old. This is his first dynasty team ever. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing, so let's give D a break. Come on. Well, D's gonna not. win some money. 
<laughs> if everything breaks right, you know what? What twelve percent chance, right? Is it even no eight percent chance, right? That's gosh, twelve percent. That would be that's pretty yeah, good. yeah. Anyway, well, we'll see. It's a it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if that pays off for him. Uh, guys, any other f- final thoughts? We we've had a nice launch show here. We have dissected Trey and Will's excellent draft adventure. You guys are good. I, I am great, actually. I, I re- really love this team. Yes, obviously you're not the strongest at running back, but you are solid every place else. You've got a great quarterback situation, great tight end situation, uh, wide receivers to die for. And uh, yeah, so, uh, and even a decent kicker in defense, kind of, this is how it played out for you. So uh, final thoughts about this draft. Yeah, I thought it went well. I, I you know, I think, again, just like, just like with any draft, I think obviously it, w- it would have been really nice to be able to be more a little more active in sending out some trade offers to try to move down and, and have some extra picks there. But then at the same time, I kind of feel like in, in some ways we, we did get some quote-unquote extras the way that we got some some really solid values, I felt like, on – on guys like, you know, where we got Keenan Allen, I felt like was a really nice value. I, I felt like Brandon Cooks was a nice value. And, and then where we were able to get both um, Matthew Stafford, Nikhil Harry, and uh, Noah Fant. So I, I was pretty pleased. I know, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, a while back, it would have been nice to, you know, I think we were kind of eyeing Carrion Johnson if he fell to us there in the uh, second round, and he didn't. You know, there were definitely some moments where we, you know, Sony Michelle, there were certainly some moments where we were looking to nab a little bit better running back. The, the nice thing is, though, that we didn't force it, right? That, that's the important thing. We didn't, we were eyeing a running back, but, but, but they didn't make it to us. And we didn't decide, well, you know, we were looking at running back here. We don't have a running back. You know, running backs are the most important position in winning championships. We didn't force it. We let the draft come to us and, uh, you know, I think that we have a real good shot at being competitive in year one. Um, and I do feel like that 12 months from now, you know, there's really not going to be many of our top 10 draft picks that, I'm, that I think we'll regret at all. Um, and so I, I think we put ourselves in a great position to, you know, we're, 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 we're just, you know, a couple breaks away. If we, if, you know, if Royce Freeman becomes the unquestioned starter in Denver, if something happens, you know, we've got quite a few guys that if injuries were to happen, if something happens to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is a no-brainer starter at running back for us. And, and I think probably we'll, we'll have some flex appeal even, even without that injury. You know, if, if anything happens to Miles Sanders, you got Jordan Howard there, Gio Bernard. So, so we definitely have there, – there's pathways by which we'll be able to, to put together some, some starting running back um, production there. Lamar Miller, Peyton Barber, I think, will both be usable. So it's, it's not flashy at running back, but, but I'm hoping it's enough to, to – right all you got to do is make the playoffs and then anything anything can happen yeah then when james Conner goes down late season benny snell he's gonna tear it up <laughs> will you any, any final thoughts no it was a good experience and it was fun to do uh i think we could have been more active on the trade block but i don't know with with it when you with a bunch of random people like this i tend to be uh less apt to just kind of send out blind offers and even trade with you as a co- like a co-owner I, I just wasn't like I liked the way our draft was going, and it's not it's not I'm not a very conservative dynasty player. You guys know that in the leagues that we're in, but I, I was really comfortable with just kind of you know letting things come to us in this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you've got to have the time to put in. I mean, trading is effort. You, you've got to be persistent. You got to send out those deals, and it takes a lot of time. And sometimes we're busy in our life, and we just don't have time to 
you know, dedicate the time to those trades, especially a league like this. You got to work extra hard when you don't know the league mates. So no, I, I think your team turned out great. And I think this was a nice exercise. Let's we'll do this again. So this was a great look at train wills. Excellent draft adventure. So guys, 100 shows it's in the books. We're going about to sign off. We've joined the century club officially. Um, I just want to say to all of our listeners, thanks for downloading the show. I mean, thanks for keeping us going because if we didn't have anyone listening to us, well, we'd probably still get together and do this to be honest, but it makes it even more fun that people listen to the show that, you know, we, we communicate with a lot of you. We're in leagues with so many of you and um, we're, we're just, you know, we're just fantasy Joes, man. We're just guys that love fantasy football and dynasty. Like, Everyone listens to the show. There's like really everyone in the Dynasty community. One of the great things about the show is, you know, we've gotten to meet people that we were listening to before we started doing the Dynasty show that we kind of like looked up to. And we've had some awesome people on the show. I mean, I'm not going to name all of them. You've, you've heard the shows. And, and we've become friends with a lot of these people. And it's just been awesome. And everyone in the community is just so incredible. And it's, it's just so much fun. We love doing this. And, and thanks for listening. And, and thanks for inspiring us to keep going and doing more and more shows so any 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 final words parting thoughts gentlemen show 100 about to go in the books all about uh, the benjamin snells uh, in that draft a special shout out to uh monty ball for representing for the fantasy joes that that that's fantastic you know my very first getting when i was getting back into fantasy football it was not a dynasty league it, like, league it was a keeper league and uh, I, I can't remember if it was my first round pick or my second round pick, but but dang it if I did not take Monty Ball, and I had some <laughs> growing pains that year. Uh, so you know that that was for for me as far as a, and I don't even know that you knew that Ryan, but no, I did not. That was that was the first Monty Ball was was the first uh, bust. That actually that's not true. I, I want to say maybe it was this my second year. The year before, I had taken Paul Ri- or uh, Trent Richardson. So Trent Richardson, year one, Monty Ball, year two. So that's that is you know made me into the man I am, wide receiver early. <laughs> well, Monty Ball had been DMing me on Twitter for the whole time we started the show, trying to get on. So Ryan, I'm finally glad you gave in. Glad you made it happen. He, uh, he's ready to go. All right, guys, let's get out of here. We're going to sign off. We're going to try to do a quick Patreon show. If you're not following us on Patreon, supporting us on Patreon, consider it, will you? Patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Keep it 100. <laughs> I probably woke up my wife, sorry. Sorry, wife. <laughs> the tank top. <laughs> Is that my fault? <laughs>